there comes a time in every person's life when you realise it's not about doing what you are told, but doing what you know is right for you. Let us take a journey of learning and discovery with the world's most successful people who are living the life of their dreams, walking through life using their inner wisdom and being of service to others. Forget exams, grades and test scores. What is your purpose? As we let go of what we think should be and learn from our elders to gain knowledge, inspiration and a true sense of who we are. What are your dreams? Does your life have meaning? Are you living a life of significance? Let's talk with today's guest. Hello and welcome as we spend some more time together on the Learning on Fire podcast. Today I'm talking to Zach Hesterberg. Hi Zach, thanks for joining me and let's explore the journey of who you are. Yeah, hey, uh, thanks uh, thanks so much for having me. So why don't we start a little bit with one where you are in the world. Um, people from the UK will be here that there's definitely not a UK accent there and uh, a little bit of <laughs> your, your general life and setup as you are at the moment. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so yeah, as you said, my name is Zach. Um, man, who I am? Well, I'm a 24-year-old. Um, I'm living in St. Louis, Missouri, so smack in the middle of the United States. Uh, right now, there's a lovely like 13 inches of snow outside. So Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so got that going. Uh, what I do professionally, I uh, spend most of my time running Facebook ads. Um, I run these advertisements for clients, so they will pay me. Uh, it's pretty much like an agency model, so they'll pay me to uh, help them get more customers and get more uh, clients. And so I do that all through Facebook ads. And so I do a little bit of speaking. I also have a podcast. So, um, but it's all based around Facebook ads. And and how did you get into that? Is a is a, is a sort of a model for how you wanted to live your life? Okay, so uh, well, I didn't realize it was going to be a model for how I wanted to live my life. It was something I actually just kind of fell into um, when I got into. I, I guess you guys would call it university. We usually call it college here in the states. But uh, when I got to college, in I guess my freshman year, I went there for volleyball on a volleyball scholarship, and. It was a really, really small school. And uh, Mark, I don't know if you know too much about the um, college system in the States, but for most employers, if you go to a really small school, uh, that, that small school is just not going to matter to that employer. So I, I knew from the start I had to do something to really uh, build up my resume and really make myself more attractive for a potential employer. Um, and so I said, okay, well, I might as well start getting some internships right from my first year in college or my first year in university. And so I got three or four different internships all within about two years, and each one was kind of all around the realm of digital marketing. I, I knew I loved marketing, um, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how I knew I liked marketing uh, later on in the show, but I knew I liked marketing, so I, I got some digital marketing uh, internships, and one thing led to another, and I actually, spoiler alert for also something I'll, I'll talk a little bit more later into later uh, in the show, is I talked to one of my teachers, and he kind of uh, helped guide me in the in the route of, hey, maybe you should start a digital marketing agency, and um, I, I went out and got my first client, and uh, from there, it's just kind of uh, snowballed, and it led me into having a career after I graduated, so it just kind of 
I kind of fell into it, I suppose. I guess the thing I like about that the most is the fact that even from the get-go, you were kind of purposeful about knowing what you were trying to aim for, even if it was just in terms of getting out there, meeting people, like, say, getting your internships, rather than that there are lots of people, I don't know, you get a feeling, certainly in the UK sometimes, it's kind of, well, I go to school and hopefully you get some great grades and then I'll go to college and study something I'm kind of interested in and then I'll kind of come out. And in this day and age, it doesn't really work anymore. You know, it's that kind of, you need to have more than just having gone through the system and it sounds like you really appreciated that um and i mean from my perspective you know you hear about the ivy league colleges and that kind of thing and i can understand from what you just said now why there's such a sort of a a reason for wanting to be involved in some of those very um prestigious colleges over there Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not even just so much the prestigious colleges it's just that i grew up from a very uh like a just a typical middle class background and I wanted something that was going to be able to give me an amazing job later on in life, maybe like working for Nike or or like uh, Apple or like like some huge company. Um, I thought that I wanted to to climb the corporate ladder, and um, I thought in order to do that, that I needed to uh, either go to a really large school or I had to have a lot of experience by the time I graduated. Because I know one thing to be true, and that is when you graduate from school, whether that be your high school diploma or your college or your university diploma, you're not guaranteed that next step in life. You're not guaranteed that job. So I knew that I had to put my best foot forward and and do something about that. Yeah, no, that really does make sense. And like I say, you're only 24, but um, what does your life look like now and how is it different from when you were growing up? And I guess that's in terms of you know, where you live and how you live and also your experiences of, of your sort of family life, I guess. Definitely. So um, right now I am, uh, as far as marital status or anything, I'm uh, actually engaged. So here, and if you ask me that question in a couple months, a lot would be changed. But <laughs> um, so right now I'm actually um, uh, getting closer to my uh, to, to be being married. Uh, we'll be getting married here in June of 2019, and then actually it looks like we'll be moving to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, which is a up and coming city uh, that's actually growing very very fast in the uh, in the United States, but. As far as now between, oh man, I, I mean, as far as growing up and now, I'd say the main thing that's changed is my lifestyle. Um, whenever I was growing up, like, I, I mean, I've, I've been born and raised by, uh, by an awesome set of parents. They're still together, uh, still love them. I have a great relationship with them and everything. And I also have a sister. Um, but we just, like I said, we were just from a typical middle-class background, uh, maybe took that like once a year vacation and it was a real small, like weekend trip. Um, and so I always wanted to travel more. I always wanted to actually see the ocean and, and go to other countries and, and experience more cultures and just experience more in life. And so when I started my company, uh, I actually just made a Facebook post about this not too long ago. Um, I was, I was saying that when I started my company about two or three years ago, I had, um, I'd wrote down a goal and I said that whatever company and whatever, uh, whatever route this company decides to take me. I will build it in a way that I can live and travel wherever I choose and that that my work does not I, I guess my work does not uh, affect where I live or, or where I travel to. And so I went from maybe taking a once a year vacation for like a weekend to now I travel all the time. Um, <laughs> last year, I think I was gone about uh, probably about 80, 80 days of the 365 days in a year. So I get to travel a lot now. Um, I also, um, 
I'd say that my other thing that has changed is just being able to live uh, above my means. Uh, I, I make enough that I can actually give back to different charities and give back to organizations that I support. And it's it's just nice being able to, I guess, have that change from whenever I was a kid to, to now. And and it's really nice to hear that, you know, that actually having a goal or having a vision of how you want your life to be and just in whichever way it comes, you know, being able to put that into place and, and see that come to fruition, I think is uh, is a wonderful thing to hear from from us listening. And um, and congratulations on the engagement. And I wish you all the success for that in the summer. Um, oh, thank you very much. Um, and Nashville is a fantastic city. I went and went to a conference there back in September last year and we absolutely loved it. We man, the, the conference finished on a Friday late afternoon, I think, and a few of us were, were flying back to wherever we were going from um on the saturday so we went out into downtown friday evening Broadway. yeah yep just incredible and as, as a musician myself i'm a drummer we're just in in some of these small bars with just the most amazing musicians so talented and and just live and vibrant and yeah there is nothing like it that i've experienced anyway Definitely, definitely. It's a uh, it's a really cool city. Folk. I mean, they they do they definitely have a large focus on music and specifically live music at almost everywhere you go. I think it's just one of those places where you just know that if you just want to get out and feel what living life is like, it it, <laughs> it, it gives gives you that in abundance for sure. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, what was valuable about your school experience? Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and I, you know. This is something I overlook uh, quite often, which was back in high school. I guess back in high school, I was – I don't know about uh, where you're from, Mark, but uh, for the states, we get really into sports in our high school sports. And so like our, our basketball team and our football team, like they have really big fan sections. Um, and so all of the high school students uh, will all stand up throughout the entire game. Uh, they, they do all these fun cheers and like they, they, uh, they'll dress up for the games and everything and they get really into it. And uh, actually, my my tenth grade year, or my sophomore year, all the way up to my senior year of of high school, I was able to uh, pretty much lead the fan section at my school. Uh, my school had about twelve hundred kids, and I had the opportunity uh, just through pretty much networking, <laughs> uh, and just kind of fell into the position as well. But I had the opportunity to pretty much take our fan section over. And so, from my sophomore year to my my senior year, I was able to really come out of my shell. And, and learn what leadership was and learn what marketing was uh, to – because whenever my whenever I was a sophomore and they saw a, a 10th grader running the fan section, not many people were going to the games because they didn't respect me. And so then I had to figure out uh, how could I get more people to go to the games. And so I was always – I was posting more flyers around school and uh, I, I remember – our school had a, a limit of you could only you could only host um, or you can only post 25 flyers around the school. And I remember uh, what they do is like they'll they'll stamp your flyer uh, and then they'll make you 25 flyers. So that way you don't have any more more than that to go hang up. And so I went, got my 25 made and then went to a different printer and printed off about 300 of them. And uh, for the first game of the season, my sophomore year, I went and uh, I put the I put about 325 flyers uh, up in our school <laughs> um, just by myself. Uh, me just putting some tape on them, uh, putting them on every single locker and all the different bathrooms and everything and uh the next morning i definitely got in trouble for that but there was a huge attendance at that next game uh and then i ended up getting to talk to my principals into letting me make announcements on the intercom to promote the games and uh i was using social media to get more people to games so i was getting more 
I was just getting more experience with marketing and advertising, and I had no clue that I actually was doing that in the time of it. I was just trying to figure out how do I get more people to the games. So then, well, whenever they got to the games, it was it was just trying to figure out how can I be the best leader possible, and how can I lead by example and show these people uh, what it's like to to cheer our cheer our team on and and actually have fun doing it. And so by doing that, I learned a lot of leadership skills. Um, so I would say that was probably one of my most valuable experiences about school is being able to lead that fan section for a couple different years i think often it is that kind of you get experience and, and you and you get something out of an, an experience which you weren't expecting to you know it, and and i think schools often like that i was thinking about recently about how um when i was going through music college after i'd left school and some of the things i used to do in terms of um surviving in in some ways because you know it's quite stressful being a musician and we had quite a lot of things we needed to learn and it was sort of long hours and that kind of thing and some of the things that I actually did in order to support myself to get through all that kind of thing, you know, in terms of sort of exercise and looking after and sort of um, sleep and, and in, immersing myself in various activities, which I found supportive. I didn't think of them specifically at the time. But now looking back as a, you know, someone in my 40s, I'm sort of now sort of thinking, well, how do I look after myself now as I start to get older <laughs> and I want to do stuff? And actually, the things you sort of often do naturally are actually there because that's what your body or or your mind tells you you should do it's only afterwards you start to realize that actually you can pick up all these things just by doing what really feels right and then it's often later you kind of work out the kind of the mental side of why that was going on yeah yeah um which teachers do you remember and why yeah so i guess probably two of them are, are specifically coming to mind and i'm sure there are so many more than that but the two specifically that are coming to mind are um both from my university and one's name was mark turpin and the other's name was mark glenn or, or it was wayne glenn and uh, mark turpin he was a, a personal finance teacher and going into this class, I thought this was going to be a very, very boring class. Um, it's, it was just kind of like balancing your checkbook and like just learning about some, some finance. And, um, it was like my first year in college. So I didn't think anything of this class. I didn't think it was going to affect me much, but what was interesting was that Mark, uh, the, the teacher, uh, or the professor, he was actually the, uh, he's the president of the local bank in town. And so he uh, had the luxury of knowing what all of the different professions uh, made because all of the people that were banking with his uh, with his bank, he, he knew how much they were depositing every week. Obviously, he had to keep uh, names and everything um, anonymous. But one day he went through and he, he called on every single person in the classroom and said, what's your major and what do you plan to do with it? And uh, he was tearing people apart. Um, I, I remember uh, one girl. She was she was studying. Um, I think it was I think it was like, oh gosh, I, 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 you're in the you're in the music field, so I don't know the specific um, the specific name of the, her degree. I think it was like music theory, or um, I, I think it was music theory. Anyway, he's like, what in the world are you going to do with that? That's <laughs> that's going to make you more than thirty thousand dollars a year. And like this this poor shy the the shy little girl. She's like, oh. Um, I don't really know. Like she was, she was quivering. Like this guy was kind of a scary guy. Uh, and, and, uh, he's like, well, he's like, look, look at it like this. And then he, for, so for every single person, he might break them down, but then he would give us a really great example of how to actually utilize our passion and actually make uh, a good living off of it instead of just going the traditional route of maybe being a music teacher or instead of, um, if you're going to be like for whenever I said, Hey, I was majoring in marketing. He said, okay, great. You have two ways you could go with this. Uh, actually three. 
you could really screw up or you could really do something good with this. He's like, you screw up by just going and being a marketer for one business. If you're just a marketer for like a business like Pepsi, you're going to screw up because these businesses more and more often are now outsourcing all of their marketing to agencies. So he's like, you will have very low job security if you go get a marketing job for one company. He's like, now the middle road is you go get a marketing job or you go get a job at a marketing agency. That way, if the agency loses the client, you should still be okay, unless you're the reason that they lost the client. <laughs> you should still be okay, because generally they have other clients, and so there's more job security there. And he's like, the best way you go about this degree is, he's like, go be a marketer that other people are hiring you for. So that way you're either a freelance marketer or you're an agency. And he's like, when when you have that ability, then or whenever you have that position, then you have the ability to say, hey, I like you as a client. I like you as a client. No, I don't like working with you. And he he really kind of uh, explained that process for me. And I, like you were saying earlier uh, in this interview, is I wasn't really realizing it at the time of how much that one conversation would impact me. Uh, but looking back on it, I think that was probably the reason why I was able to fall into marketing or into the the marketing agency route because. I, I was I was probably subconsciously thinking about it and, and understanding what makes a good marketing position versus a bad marketing position. Um, so Mark Turpin had a huge, um, I guess, uh, positive impact on me. And then the other one was a guy named Wayne Glenn. And uh, he was a marketing and management teacher at our university. And I had him for a couple different classes, and I, I couldn't tell you a single thing he told us out of the textbook. But it was all of the extra conversations I had with Mark uh, or with Wayne Glenn that was was so valuable for me. It was it was the five to ten minutes afterwards that I would stay after a class and talk to him about. Um, at, at the time, I was already doing some marketing, and I already had a client, and so I was talking to him a little bit about what I was doing, and then he was giving me advice because he himself had had businesses before, and he's worked with a, some really really large. Fortune 500 businesses as a consultant. So he's able to give me some great advice on um, just business and entrepreneurship and and work-life balance. And those like extra five and 10 minute conversations with, with Wayne Glenn were so, so valuable for me. I think when you can really see that whole perspective isn't it like i'm going to be x or i'm going to be y but then out of those that decision there's this sort of sort of global idea of where you can go in this route or that route or this will probably take you here and that will take you there then all of a sudden you feel like you've got a little bit of empowerment don't you because you can like you can still follow your passion whatever that happens to be but there are different ways to use it and it really sounds like it's those sorts of things that really came across yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's all it's it's about finding the right balance between having intentionality, but also having an open mind. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I can really get that because you know as, as a musician, it's that kind of I'm gonna you know you're following basically your dream. You know you're doing what you really love, um, but at the same time, you know there are sometimes there's lots of gigs, sometimes there's not so much gigs, sometimes you supplement it with something else or you do a different route and um, and like you say, to be open to all those things and see them as a, as a fabric of what you do I think is a is something which is quite hard for some people to understand until you sort of, sort of get into the profession and understand how the realities of that work and I think being taught by people who see a, a profession in lots of different ways and like I say, if you're involved in a bank and you see how all that works and people who are actually I guess teaching it from from the real world, as it were, rather than a textbook, and that's when you really start to understand how the education side and real life kind of come together. Exactly. It, it was once said to me um, that 
to pretty much don't take advice from someone that you wouldn't want to take uh, wouldn't want to trade places with and and it's so important to actually learn by doing and so like whenever like for instance uh, as me looking up to a teacher I'd much rather look up to a professor or a teacher or or anyone in life if they have done something that I actually care about doing so a business teacher I want I, I want to make sure that they actually have business experience not just understanding the curriculum and understanding the specific textbook that they're teaching out of I want to make sure that they actually know what they're doing outside of that textbook because that's where the real value is going to come in from yeah, that, that real life experience is absolutely key, isn't it? Um, who did you admire when you were young? Ah, you know, I'm probably going to give a basic answer here. <laughs> I've listened to a couple of your uh, a couple of your other interviews, um, and I, I know some people have given this answer before, and I'm going to have to repeat it. I'm going to have to say my dad. Um, I, I definitely admired my dad a lot whenever I was young, and the reason being, so so I, as I said, we come from a very middle class background. My dad was always a construction worker, um, still is in in some capacity, whether he's uh, doing freelance work or working for an, another company. He's always been in the contract or construction business, building patio covers and sunrooms and decks and and room additions and building a whole house. And he, he's done pretty much all of it. But what I've seen from him is his work ethic. That's that's the main thing that I've really admired from him whenever I was young was I would see him leave first thing in the morning at, at 6 or 7 a.m. and he wouldn't even get back sometimes until 7 or 8 p.m. And uh, sometimes even later, and it wasn't like that all of uh, all of my life. But for the large majority of it, especially in the summers, he would he would utilize every moment of daylight to get as much work done as possible. And what that taught me was just work ethic. And then, um, really, actually, at at age of I guess I was about 13 years old, uh, I started wanting to shop and <laughs> like started just wanting wanting new clothes. And my parents didn't really have enough money to to just go buy me anything. So they're like, okay, well, Hey dad can use an extra helper. Uh, at the time he was self-employed. And so, uh, it, it, it was, he was able to, um, to have me just kind of tag along in the jobs and do miscellaneous, uh, labor work whenever I was with him. And so I started working with him every single summer from the age of about 13 to, I guess probably 20. Um, I, I think 20 was the last time that I worked with him. So it was probably about seven summers in a row, maybe eight summers. And uh, I went from just doing miscellaneous labor stuff to maybe painting to all the way up to doing all of the, the carpentry work. And it, it's just being out there in everything from extremely hot 100 degrees and humid weather uh, all the way to zero degrees and, and freezing and being out there regardless, getting the job done no matter what the weather, no matter how much you feel like it or don't feel like it, just putting in the work and getting the job done. Um, that's something I've always admired from him, whether whether work was slow uh, in the winter, which it would slow down heavily in the winter, uh, or it would speed up in the summer. Um, he would he would do what it take or he would do what it took to uh, to get the job done and, and provide for the family. And I have a huge admiration for that. Yeah, I mean, that really is a big impact, isn't it? That whole worth ethic and actually seeing it in, in the whole and understanding that. And and you're right, a lot of people have, have said for this, you know, their dad or, or a family member. But I think in, in some ways, I really like that answer because it 
and there are some times when you kind of take all that for granted and i think but to really understand you know and be and have the gratitude for for those gifts that they're doing you know the, the kind of seeing how the reality works seeing what they do for you seeing the sacrifices they make and then and like i said if you get to spend all those summers working together actually having that time which isn't something that everyone has you know you can't sort of necessarily take your kids to work every day and um my, my dad was a self-employed mechanic i got to spend time doing that as well and i never quite picked up the mechanical skills that he had but it certainly meant i did have the time that we could share and i think just really understanding that i think especially when you are younger going through those years i think if you can um, be gra- grateful of of all those things then i think it just gives you a slightly different relationship and, and an understanding which i think can only stand you in good stead really no it, it really really does um it i mean just being able to to experience that much of someone from the moment they wake up to getting home um that's something that most people especially in your family don't get to experience and when you experience that side of them you get to understand them on on such a higher level and such a deeper level and um yeah it was just something i'm forever grateful for yeah i definitely love the time thing because you know you can sit down and have all the heart to hearts in the world but it's often those snippets of of information or or support or understanding that just comes from those regular conversations that i I think is something quite magical that yeah like you say you really can't get any other way exactly and what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given and who gave it to you oh um there's been a couple pieces um do you mind if i give like two no please do whatever you think is going to give us some value that would be fantastic Cool. So I am going to go a little bit more abstract here and say that none of these pieces were given directly to me. Um, They were things that I've learned from, for instance, like an online mentor or or something that I may have read in a book. Um, And so the first one would be uh, that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And I think that that was Jim Rohn that said that, but uh, it goes around pretty pretty frequently in the entrepreneurial space and the self-development space. But the average of the five people you spend the most time with, it's just so true. And and what it's done is allowed me to think bigger and, exp- and really actually focus uh, with more intention uh, to build my network and figure out how can I get around uh, people that are either making more money or people that are living a healthier lifestyle or people that are better communicators, uh, people that actually have goals and, and really want to to take their life somewhere. Um, and, and maybe actually like how can like instead of just having the people with ambition around you, how can you surround yourself with the people that have already done what you're wanting to do? Um, understanding that and thinking about networking as in, hey, how can these people uh, affect my life as in like, Hey, if I spend too much time with them, are they going to affect me positively or negatively? Uh, are they going to help me achieve my goals or take me away from my goals? Um, looking at it in a, in a really black and white context like that has really changed the way I network. Um, and I'd say that that's been huge for me. Uh, the other one, I have no idea who said this, uh, but it was the more you learn, the more you earn. Um, I've always just thought that and growing up that, Hey, you, you can earn only as much as you work. So if, if you want to make $20, you have to go work one hour. And then if you want to work, um, five hours or if you want to make uh, $500 and you have to work X amount of hours. And so I always thought that, that, that your ability to make money was tied to how much time that you put into something. And understanding now that that's not necessarily true and that you can actually the the real way uh to to actually become more wealthy is to get paid 
off of results or to get paid off of what you know. Um, for instance, I, I think you were telling me that you were uh, that you had a music membership site that was coming out. That's something that you're going to put a lot of time into from the beginning, and you're not going to have to spend a ton of time uh, in the long run. Or maybe consulting. Uh, I could get paid $250 in one hour for meeting with a business owner to give them some marketing strategies, and that's exactly what a lawyer would get paid. And they have to spend – I don't know, eight years just in school to even get to that point. I'm 24 and I can do that. And so just understanding that truly the more research you put into your craft or the more you go and learn about a certain subject or a certain passion, you can really become super, super valuable for other people that want to obtain that same level of knowledge. And um, then you can sell your knowledge. And that's an awesome thing to do. Yeah, and I, I think really thinking like that and understanding that is very true. And, and you're absolutely right. I've got a music membership site which is uh, going to be launching or certainly beta testing in, in, in February. Um, and it's that, you like to say, that there's a lot of work going into it. There's a lot of um, a lot of understanding of, of who you're trying to support and who you're trying to help. But certainly for me, it was that kind of, you know, I've been in the music business a long time. I've been an educator for a long time. And, and people kept asking me the same questions. Can I, how do I do this in my school? How do I affect children? How do I give them a great opportunity? I'm, I'm scared of delivering music. It's not something I'm trained in, but I want to be able to do it for my children. How do I go about it? And then... It's just that opportunity cost. It's like, well, I can just go in and I can deliver the odd workshop, which I've been doing for many years, or I can actually create something which can benefit many, many people. And once it's up and running and we've got all the all the courses live and that kind of thing, we're going to do some Q&As and as many people who want to be involved can be involved. And I think, like I say, it's just slightly just changing your um, idea about how you can go about supporting people and, and what that then means to them and what it can then, like you say, financially mean to you. Exactly. And and the other part of that about the more you learn, the more you earn is it changes even if maybe you don't want to create a product. Maybe you don't want to uh, to have this big website that, that Mark might be creating or, or maybe you don't want to be a consultant and you just want to work a normal job. That's totally fine. But shifting your mindset from if you want to make more money, you have to be there for a year and then wait for that 50 cents per hour raise or you have to be there for five years and then you get an annual bonus. Like taking your mindset away from that and figuring out how can you learn more to then provide more value to the organization that you're with. Because the more value that you can provide to someone or a company, the more you can get paid for that. And that's whenever you can start getting your raises. That's when you can start getting those promotions. Don't wait for life to happen. Take advantage of the opportunities that you have and do something about it. We we live in an information-heavy world. I mean we have any information that we need at, at the pretty much at our fingertips uh, with, with smartphones nowadays. And so all you have to do is go search some things, go learn some things, go read a book, go, go listen to all of these incredibly valuable free podcasts and you'll become far more valuable to, to different people that, uh, that you might be uh, interacting with on a day-to-day -day basis. That's so true. And, and something I heard recently as well was that kind of, even if like you say, you're working for someone else and, and, and you seem to, you, you perceive yourself to be an employee but if you do that job and you perceive yourself as if you were the business owner not that you're going to make decisions but you've got that pride and that work ethic and that wanting to to really be the person that's sort of waving the flag for that organization that really comes across really really strong for the people around you and like I say that then just gives you that with knowledge and, and understanding just really takes you in a different level than the majority of people just going to do your nine to five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything you do, do it. I mean, with truly everything you have. What advice would you give your younger self? 
Ooh. Um, <laughs> well, I'm already pretty young. So, Mark, do you have a specific age that you would like me to, to dip down to? So, yeah. So let, let's think as if you were sort of in, in, in high school and just um, maybe, maybe slightly unsure, I guess, of, of the direction or feeling maybe stuck in the system, but knowing there was sort of more, more to you than what you were feeling. So just sort of that, that yeah. kind of age idea, I guess. Okay. So I'd say probably it, to my high school self, I would say back then I hated reading. I hated uh, well, I, primarily reading because I, I thought reading was the only extra way to learn. But additionally, I thought that the only types of books out there were the the, the typical books that you read in high school, the the fiction books that have all these uh, stories to them. And so, and sometimes they're good stories. And uh, most of the time for me, they just never captured my interest. And so I thought all of this, uh, pretty much almost all of my life growing up, that, that books were dumb and that reading just wasn't for me. And maybe shifting that mindset as, as, a, as I was in high school to, hey, there are so many incredible books that like, for instance, I've always really been interested in cars, specifically like exotic cars, your Lamborghinis, your Ferraris. I mean, I'm talking from whenever I was in third grade, um, instead of wanting toys, I would go, I would want a car magazine. And, but I was always trying to figure out how can I make more money or how can I get to the point that I can own one of those cars? Because my current environment had no cars like that. Uh, but how can I, I mean, people were buying them, so I couldn't I. And so Telling my high school self, hey, do you remember that passion that you had for cars and wanting to be able to to have something uh, really like a, an exotic car like a Lamborghini? Well, clearly you have to make more money. And so if you want to make more money, you don't have to wait to college to do so. Maybe you should go pick up a book on – uh, for instance, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or maybe you could go uh, pick up a book on work ethic or on business or on entrepreneurship or on finance and understanding that there were all of these other types of books out there and podcasts and now videos on YouTube and everything that would have been a game changer for me because what that would have done next would have opened the door to realize that I didn't actually have to go to university to do what I'm doing. Uh, I didn't have to go to a college, this four-year degree, spend thousands of dollars to, to go into student loan debt just to go get a degree. Instead, I could go learn things online. I could go maybe buy a couple different courses for a couple different hundred dollars online, and I could learn these different skills and start doing them now. Whenever I was in high school, I could have been doing some of the skills that I currently have now, and I didn't need a degree for that. And that would have saved me a ton of time and a ton of mistakes. I love that, and and I I think about that more and more these days. You know, you know, I have a, a podcast network now, I have three podcasts and. A few years ago, I didn't even know what a podcast was, and I, <laughs> I didn't go to university to learn that. I didn't study it from any traditional method. I found stuff online. I listened to people. I found out what I liked. I, I, I took a course, like you're saying, to begin with. It was even a free course, and um, and all that stuff's out there. And I think when you realise that it's your education and you can do it in your way, even if you're within the system, still, that just frees you. I think, and it just means that, like you say, the world is your oyster. Then, and whatever you're into, whatever you aspire to you can start doing it now you don't have to wait till some time in the future and I think if that means you're living in the now and you feel like you're learning in the now then you're on to an absolute winner 
Exactly. I uh, I once got a the opportunity to interview someone named Jesse Cole, uh, and his his entire motto is whatever is normal, do the exact opposite. And I just love that motto. And I think that just goes against everything you would ever learn in school. And understanding that motto and truly living by it in school would have done me a world of a difference. Good. So as we've just managed to give everyone permission to go and do completely the opposite that school is. <laughs> <laughs> well, within reason. Within exactly. Reason. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I, I love that. I think that freeing the shackles, I think, is, is really where education is heading. And, and just that idea that it's your it's your life and your education and doing it your way is absolutely key. Completely. <laughs> um, what does your future look like? Well, um, okay, so near future, obviously, like I said, I'm getting married. I'm going to be moving to a new city. Um, this is really exciting for me because another piece of advice or, or another saying that uh, that goes around in the business world is the more hands you shake, the more money you make. And, uh, and, and honestly, while that's nice and all, I honestly just love connecting with new people as well. And so being able to go into a new city and go learn, it really just really adapt to an entire new network of people, see what type of value I can give to them, um, what I mean, what type of relationships I can make. That's going to be super, super exciting for me. And with that being said, with all of those new relationships and all of those new opportunities that will then come from those, I have no clue where I will be then five years from there. Um, so it's really, really hard to, to see. Um, what my long-term future looks like, especially like, so like you said, a couple years ago, you didn't even know what a podcast was and now you have three of them. Um, for me, like I, let's see, probably four years ago, I didn't even realize that I wanted to start a, uh, start a company. It was, it was about three and a half years ago. I, I realized I wanted to start a company and I didn't understand what that even meant. I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go have like one or two clients and I'll, I'll make some Facebook ads for them. Now I have quite a bit more than that. And, uh, and I'm also getting paid for consulting and I'm, I'm getting paid to do speaking across the country. And it's, it, the world changes so quickly and our opportunities change so quickly as long as we are open to those opportunities. And so I, I really don't have an answer for you as, as far as where does my life look or what does my life look like in a couple years from now. But I will say in the next year or two, I'm going to be focusing on how can I build my network and really tap into a market that I know no one in? How can I become known in, in a really, really known by everyone in a market that not a single person knows me in? Because from there, I have no clue where those opportunities will go. I really love that as an answer because like you say, it's very hard to say that in X number of years, I'm going to live in this city and have this house and this wife and this number of children because life just doesn't work like that. But I, I think knowing how you want your future to feel or certainly the sort of area that you want to head to that you do have control over like you say you know I want to go and meet people I want to do this I want to feel like this I want to put myself in this position and then I think to be able to then sit back enough and say I don't know where that's going to head or where it's going to lead me but I know I've got enough control and enough experience within myself to know how that's going to go I think that's great advice for people listening you know it's like you say you might go to college you might decide not to you might to take the entrepreneurial route straight from school but as long as you know you're heading in the right direction and doing it on your terms you might not know the end goal and we probably none of us know the real end goal but actually you know that your future is bright I think and that's probably the key <laughs> exactly and and as just as a very quick very real uh, tangible example for what I mean as far as when you meet people other other opportunities arise just for instance taking this podcast interview right now between you and you and I mark um, I remember I went to school and so I, I went to college uh, and got all of those different internships. One of those internships 
um, the the owner of the company had invited me to this random conference to go help work it as a volunteer. This guy's name was Jay Austin. Uh, so he said, "Hey Zach, there's this there's this conference in Chicago in 2016. You gotta go to it. You're gonna help me volunteer at this." I said, "Okay, great." Um, he said it was called Podcast Movement. I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I've I've, I've heard of a podcast before." And so I uh, I went to Podcast Movement. I started volunteering. I then met John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson. I made a great impression upon them. We kept an awesome relationship going. We saw each other at another networking event I went to or, or another conference I went to called Social Media Marketing World. At that conference, they said, Zach, we're seeing you at, at all these different conferences now. Uh, you have a great personality. You seem to connect with people really well. We would love for you to work our booth um, at, at the next podcast movement. And so they've had me at their booth the next two podcast movements, so 2017 in Anaheim and 2000. 2018 in um oh gosh why did i just forget where 2018 was philadelphia thank you philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and if i'm not mistaken mark pretty sure i've seen you at both of those conferences now correct um i wasn't able to go to philadelphia um sadly i had to to miss that um for a family reason sort of fairly last minute but i was in anaheim yes and we and we did spend a bit of time in anaheim so yes okay. and, it, and it was exactly on let's say on jld's booth Exactly, exactly. And so that's how we got to know each other. Then we became friends on Facebook. We stayed in touch. And, and then you reached out and said, Zach, I'd love to have you on your podcast. So I wouldn't be on this podcast if I never even went to college to then go have the internship, to then go and get invited to uh, the podcast uh, event, and then went from so on and so on. And now here I am. So one connection can really just change everything for you. That that really is true. And I, and I think just like you say, just one after the other follow it see where it goes and then just allow the rest of it to fall into place and like you say you never quite know where that next that next question or that next invite is gonna is gonna take you and i think that's that's really exciting and especially in this modern age where everything like you say is changing so fast exactly now you may have covered this a little bit already you've talked about um some books that um you really liked but um what podcast book video film song or, or resources had the biggest impact on your life and and why okay so the biggest impact, I, there's there's two of them. One is a super abstract answer, and the other is a more direct answer. I'll, I'll go more uh, abstract first. The biggest, um, I guess, impact of a of a podcast book, et cetera, that I've had was actually my own podcast. And it's not because of what I've learned from all of the specific guests. It's not because, like, for instance, if anyone's listening to this, I'm not saying, hey, go listen to my podcast. It was the best thing ever. What I'm saying is being the host of a podcast, it just opens you up to so many opportunities. It opens you up to so many more uh, connections. And once again, those connections can lead to so many other things and you have no clue where they'll go. So being able to be the host of a podcast, having that leverage of a platform to add value to your your guests saying, hey – so-and-so, I'd love to have you as my guest um, because I have other people listening to my show. You should hop on my show. I'd love to interview you. And they're so much more open to it. Even if they're a very, very busy entrepreneur or a, or a very busy person, they're open to being on your show because there's value immediately that you're giving them. And so anyway, being the host of a podcast was really, really uh, – it was, it was a game changer for me. But a more tangible answer, something that someone can say, okay, cool, I'm going to go buy this right now or go go listen to this right now, was probably the 10x rule by a guy named Grant Cardone. Um, this book was was huge for me. I read it 
back in college. Um, I was going through a, a bit of a depressed state of my life. I was not. I was by no means, um, by no means, living my best life. I, I was just. I was a little depressed. I, I wasn't really focusing on my health. Um, I, I was not running my company at the time. And when I read this, it inspired me. I mean, I I just snapped out of everything. It it, it inspired me to write an ebook and publish it on a website and remake the website all in seven days. I went and got a client about two months or uh, not two months, about two weeks after that. Um, and I completely changed. I was I was at the time I was trying to party and everything. Completely changed all of those habits. Started becoming more healthy. Got back in the gym um, and was really focused on bettering myself. So the 10x rule was huge as far as getting me to take more action and take more responsibility for my life. I stopped blaming other people and other experiences and, and other instances for why I was how I was and instead decided to finally take responsibility for where I was in life and realize that if I wanted anything better out of life, I had to do something about it. And and that was uh, that's why I got so much out of that book. It really is sort of a running theme which comes across so loud and clear having chatted to you. It, that kind of, you know, take life on your terms do it now get what you need find what you need put yourself out there and and, and that you know that excitement and and that feeling like anything is possible really comes through from from the way you talk and, and obviously your experiences as well so um for people who are ex- as excited as me to sort of see where you go and, and what comes up what's the best way for them to to find out more and get in contact with you yeah, I'd say, I mean, honestly, the best way to get in touch with me is either going to be my personal Facebook page or my Instagram page. Um, my, my, I mean, my name on Facebook and on Instagram is just Zach Hesterberg, Z-A-C-H, and then H-E-S-T-E-R-B-E-R-G. I'm very, very active on both of those pages. I do have a business page on Facebook. Don't bother with it, though. Just connect me with on my, on my personal one. Send me a friend request. Uh, shoot me a shoot me a message, uh, whether that be on Facebook or on Instagram. I would love. I mean, if any of you guys have spent the last, I don't know how long this interview this interview has been going on. I think probably thirty to forty minutes. If if any of you guys have been on this show for that long, please uh, post a screenshot on your on your Instagram story or on your Facebook. Tag me and uh, let's get connected. I'd love to even just hop on a five minute phone call with any of any of your current listeners, Mark, and uh, and just honestly just thank them for their time and get to know how I can provide more value to them. Oh, that's absolutely amazing and, and and thank you zach for sharing your wisdom and allowing us to learn from your amazing experiences you bet seriously thank you so much for having me mark i love your show uh whenever you reached out i, I definitely wanted to make sure i i was uh i i wanted to be able to provide as much value for you as possible you've had some incredible guests and uh you, I, I love what you're doing so thank you so much for having me oh, it's my pleasure thanks so much thanks for listening to the learning on fire podcast For more information, please visit educationonfire.com and follow the links from the homepage. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.